That's what the Surgeon Syndicate is going to be here. We're going to be a club, a tribe. We're all working together, bringing our strengths and helping fill in each other's weaknesses so we can all move forward and develop some financial freedom. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode one of the Surgeon Syndicate. This is going to be an amazing place where we have started here to share with other doctors my journey into commercial real estate in this amazing place that can give doctors financial freedom to be work optional. You don't have to be so dependent on the grind of being a doctor. For people who are burnt out, a place where you can escape from being a doctor, for people who still love it and want to take care of patients, but maybe don't want to have to work as much and don't want to feel like they're so dependent getting to retirement, a place that'll give you the freedom to practice medicine the way you want to. So let's dive in and get started. So what is a syndicate? Why the name Surgeon Syndicate? So a syndicate is defined as a group of individuals combined to promote some common interest. So our Surgeon Syndicate here is a group of surgeons or a group of doctors that are getting together with the same goal, and that goal is financial freedom. So how do we do that? We all know that doctors make a lot of money, and a lot of the society thinks that doctors make a lot of money. But maybe it's not as much as we thought it was. It's not leading to this big bank account that says, I'm set. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do anything anymore. Most doctors don't feel that way. They feel a little bit trapped. The way I was raised, and I think the way most people look at their retirement, is looking at it like they got to fill a big bucket with money. And how big does this bucket have to be? And especially right now, recording this in August of 2023, we just came through a big phase of inflation and everything costs more. So you're wondering, well, what my retirement looked like before was good, but is it good enough now? And this bucket to me was hard because you never know how big the bucket has to be. And you talk to financial advisors and they throw numbers out here and there. It all seemed so abstract. And then I heard the analogy, the comparison of a bucket to a stream. So you're looking at your bucket, and again, you don't know how big the bucket has to be. But the stream is money that's flowing in, and it's flowing up. Think about your expenses every month. So the money's flowing in, you go, here it comes, you get your paycheck, you got some bills, you pay it. So now you start investing in real estate, and you develop a cash flow. And now you got the cash flow from your job, and you got the cash flow from your real estate. And it comes flowing in, and you pay your bills, and you got some money left at the end of the month. And you invest in some more real estate. And then the cash flow coming in from that gets bigger, and then it gets bigger. And all of a sudden, and it's not really all of a sudden, because I was watching it very closely, you say, there's enough money flowing in that it pays the bills to live the type of lifestyle we want to live or it pays a lot of the bills and it just keeps flowing. And you say, guess what? Now I'm work optional. I can 
work only if I want to. I can work when I want to. I can work how I want to. And that's what I consider financial freedom is when we're not forced to go to work or not forced to do our job a way that we don't want to. So the river analogy, I think this is natural. Think about the seasons. Snow falls, collects in the mountains, and it runs down the stream. It passes through. And as it passes through, it evaporates and it goes back and it restocks itself. This is the coolest thing about cash producing investments is it becomes like this perpetually flowing river. And there are variations. Sometimes it starts to flood and you're like, where did all this water come from? And sometimes you go through spots where maybe things aren't renting as well. The operations aren't as good. And so the money tightens up a little bit, but it doesn't just end and go away. And there I think is for a lot of people when they look at real estate, they're like, oh man, what if this can't do this for me? What if I have to go back to work? Well, if going back to work is like, oh, I see this phase here where my cash flow is going down, I'm going to go work a little more. I'll work some locums, but my baseline fits with my pretty average flow. And that's a pretty cool thing. You can adjust how much you work. When I was working, one of the hardest things is you get into a busy practice and it just gets so busy and you got the demands of the practice and you got the demands of your finances at home and it can be hard to slow down. If instead you could just set up your practice, you could take the job if you're employed to run at a much lower level. And this is a hard thing for a lot of doctors to do and a lot of healthcare systems to do, but it burns people out and it drives them away. So instead of getting so crushed or so stressed out, you say, okay, I'm just going to set this up to run at this baseline financial need because I have this other flow coming in. And maybe your baseline is I stop working altogether. But if that flow changes a little bit, need a little more money, you take some locums work and that's going to be there. It's going to be at least a decade, if not more, before the population dynamics in the United States possibly have any decrease in the demand for healthcare. So that's not something to worry about. It'll be there. Then you can take on more work when you want to. So back to our river. So how do we get a river going? So you're sitting there, you're like, well, here comes my river. There's no water in my river yet. So there's a lot of ways to build passive income. My favorite is real estate. And that's why we have this show. There's also stocks and bonds. That would be dividend producing stocks because that's a cash flow. But when we look at it with real estate, there's a lot of different ways to build enduring wealth. And my favorite way is commercial real estate or non-residential commercial real estate. You'll hear a lot more out there about multifamily and residential real estate than you will about commercial real estate with things like retail property, like strip malls, warehouses, industrial properties, even land deals, doing land entitlement. And these things a lot of time will seem scary because everybody's heard a story somewhere where there was a land developer, there was a thing and somebody lost money. My answer to that is I don't have to look far to talk about where I've lost money in the stock market. And I've lost money in the stock market on things I bought and on things that were 
managed money that some professional bought or the whole mutual fund in my 401k set up by the people managing that whole thing, the whole thing lost 20%. So there's risk in every place where we invest. But with real estate, I've found that it's manageable. When I buy a property, I'm not going to buy it at a price if I can't make it cash flow, if I can't make it fill up the stream the way I want it to. And there's always stuff out there. Even when deals get tighter, there's always stuff out there. And you can set the deal up to take some of the risk out. If you buy a strip mall and you buy one that's 70% full and it makes enough money at 70% full to give you a good cash flow. And you look and say, well, what would it take before I get in trouble? Well, if it can go to 40 or 50% full and it still breaks even, that's a big cushion there where you can lose, where things can go bad for you, but you're still okay. And on the other side, now you buy that at 70% and it's a good investment there. If you fill up that other 70%, it can become a great investment. And there's control there in de-risking it and knowing that it's in a location that it can be filled. And when I first heard this story, I'm like, well, why didn't the other people fill it? I don't know why they didn't fill it. They didn't want to do the work. They hired a leasing agent who didn't want to do the work. It's really amazing how many great properties there are that are not fully utilized. There's a lot of properties right now that are owned by baby boomers. As a generational thing, not talking about about the boomers, but as an older generation, and I may do this sometime, you hit an age where you're like, I don't want to manage this as much. It makes enough money for me. I'm just going to let it go. And the money keeps coming in and you spend it and there's enough there and you stop really paying close attention to it. And as you get older, maybe you need less money. And so what it brings in goes down a little or maybe it's not as full, but the rent can be raised. And over time, it just kind of decays and isn't well-managed. Then at some point, somebody comes along and goes, wow, there's a strip center in a great location. It's half full. It should be booming. I discovered this once looking for property for my business. And I'm like, well, here's the spot. This would be great. How do I rent it? Couldn't find an ad, couldn't find a number. I had to finally go through an investigation to identify the owner to find out if they wanted to rent some of it. There are properties out there like that, that are opportunities in waiting to build a cash flow. So there, when people look at commercial real estate and they want to go, oh, well, it's so risky. I heard about this thing that happened once and somebody lost money. With carefully selected deals, you can build it where it's really hard to lose money. It's always possible. But if that's built from the beginning, it's going to be really hard to lose money, but has a huge upside too. Those are the deals I get into. So when you start looking at this, somebody says, I do want to invest in real estate. I have this conversation with doctors and some of the other people in the hospital I work with, like the CRNAs and the nurse practitioners and PAs. And it's an overwhelming thing. You're already busy and you're like, how do I do this? I don't have any more time. I barely got time for my family. It really came down to the time management one. And two, there's a great book out there called Who Not How. 
Uh, the book is written by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. And the point of the whole book is often we look at things we don't know how to do or something we want to accomplish. We go, how do I do that? And it becomes this monumental task. Instead, we should ask, who can help me get this done? Who already knows how to do this? Who wants to help me do this? So in my journey into commercial real estate, when I started asking who and looking around for people who were already doing it, who already knew what I needed to do, it changed the trajectory. So my journey started with education. And you talk about time. And at first, that's overwhelming. And there's a lot of resources online. And at first, I said, okay, where do I find this block of time? And I tried for a few months. And I tried to, I'm going to read about it on Saturday. And I think I'm going to sit down and read for forever. Where I found my success in taking small blocks of time. So I started saying, okay, I'm going to get up and read for 10 minutes in the morning. I mean, do you have 10 minutes you can read? Get up 10 minutes earlier. So the first 10 minutes, I just went online and I found information and some resources. Boom, there my 10 minutes were gone. But the next day I had these windows open. So I just sat down and I read for 10 minutes and then I got ready for work. And by the end of a month, I had this huge, incredible understanding that was light years ahead of where I was, still a neophyte, but I was way ahead of where I was and I was marching down that track and heading towards actually being able to do this. So through that process, I came across a doctor because I figured, well, I'll trust the doctor more. They actually know what I'm going through. He's an anesthesiologist from California named Peter Kim. And he has a company that's basically called Passive Investing MD, basically does education for doctors and has a course, some meetings. So I signed up for his online course and it goes through all the basics. And it cost, I think it was a couple thousand dollars at the time, so which may sound like a lot of money. But when I look at what I learned from that and how much money I've made from it, it wasn't a lot of money. It's actually been a great investment. And everything in that course, I will tell you, is for free in places all over the internet. You don't have to take the course, but the course puts it all in one place. And my time as a surgeon is valuable. So to get it all, to pay a little bit of money, to get it all in one place and organized where it was easy to synthesize and march through was awesome. So it started out, take that first step, start moving, find who's going to help you, and then things will start moving fast. Now, I still struggle with this sometimes in trying to do everything myself. It's part of our culture as surgeons. When I was an intern, surgical intern, we were actually taught. They said, do it yourself. Don't trust anybody else. Check it twice. And so this whole idea flies in the face of a lot of the business world that the whole idea is find good people, develop a common vision, and then move forward together. And we kind of maybe do that in medicine. There's definitely a tendency, and I've seen it through my whole career, for doctors to want to feel like they have control over everything. When my financial situation started to change rapidly was when I started looking for the people I needed. So those people initially were a variety of different people. So this is part of doing something new. Doing this podcast was an overwhelming thing because I'd never done anything like this. So I'm figuring it out here. And I think figuring out the investing in real estate is kind of the same thing. We have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. 
And the best place to find success outside of your area of expertise is finding other experts. And maybe they get a doctor analogy is think about what you do in the hospital. A patient comes in who has things that you don't know about. I'm a urologist. They have chest pain. They have a leg turned sideways that's broken, something that's not urology. I consult somebody else. I'm basically saying, who can help this person? Not how do I treat their heart attack, but who can treat their heart attack? I'm looking for an expert, building a team around that to achieve the common goal of taking care of this patient. So that's what the Surgeon Syndicate is going to be here. We're going to be a club, a tribe. We're all working together, bringing our strengths and helping fill in each other's weaknesses so we can all move forward and develop some financial freedom. So why a podcast? How did a podcast come about? Because this isn't part of me. I'd never dreamed of doing a podcast. I'm in my 50s. This is a whole new world. Never did television or anything remotely like this. So along the journey and finding my who's, I found a mentor, somebody to direct me down this road. People have always talked about a mentor. A mentor is seems like it's that wise old sage who helps you along your way. The first time somebody told me that, think about your mentor, you really want your mentor to be somebody who, when you talk to them about your journey and about especially something financial like real estate, it's about me. It's not about the relationship is different. To have a mentor that you can have a conversation that's all about me requires a different dynamic. So how do you do that? They become a paid consultant. I hired a coach. So when I'm on the call with my coach, I'm paying him to help me in that mentorship relationship so I can be selfish in focusing the conversation on me because that's what our relationship's all about is moving me down that road. Now, there are free mentors out there. I know people who found mentors where they just developed a great relationship and move forward. I never found that person. So I move forward with a paid mentor and it's some of the best money I've ever spent. It's an amazing idea. So that mentor, because he's worked with a lot of successful real estate investors with one of his earlier ones who now runs a billion dollar corporation. But when he was starting, one of the key things was meeting more people, really expanding your who and gaining that knowledge and can be hard to find those people and get them to talk to you. So we're looking for ways to bring people together where they all benefit. So on one side, to move my journey as a real estate investor and my financial freedom forward, I needed to find experts. I didn't know these people and why do they want to talk to me? On the other side, I'm a doctor, I'm a surgeon. I know a lot of doctors. And as I started down my real estate journey and I'm talking to other doctors, I got a lot of glazed stares because I think there's a lot of doctors who would like to invest in other things, but it's overwhelming and they don't have time. So they have a need for this education. And I wish I had put this together, but my coach said, hey, here's how you put these together. You start a podcast, you interview these experts, you put it out there, doctors listen to it. The experts get to get in front of doctors because people like to talk to doctors to try and get them to invest. And the doctors learn and they gain a way to gain financial freedom 
it's a great thing. He presented this to me and I told him that he was crazy and there was no way I wanted to do this. Well, with a little persistence and with a little failure when things weren't moving forward, I changed my mind. Okay, let's do a podcast. So as we look at the podcast starting, here's a little side story and I get sidetracked. So I'm going to tell you a story here. And the point of the story is how life does not take this linear path forward. I've been this way, and I think a lot of us are, that we want to see this path forward. I start doing something, I gain success, and I move perpetually forward. When often life doesn't work that way, we start forward, we have a failure, we get up, we keep going, and understanding that that's the more common or probably the more natural cycle is important because that's what's going to get us someplace. So I said, okay, let's start the podcast, and I start working on it. And I'm doing research on how to do a podcast and what equipment do I need? And it's totally stalling out. I'm not getting anywhere. So now my motivation's waning. I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm like, okay, no, I was right originally. The podcast was a dumb idea. And then we went back again to the who, not how. Who do I need to start a podcast? And so ask some people, ask my coach. I got a referral. Guess what? There's people out there who will show you how to do the whole thing. Again, it costs money. So now I found those people, got excited, we're moving down the road again, and then got busy at work. Then I stalled out. It's not happening. I look at my real estate goals. I'd been moving forward, started that river flowing, and now it's stalled. And it stalled for like eight months on the real estate side, and the podcast stalled for a couple months. So I guess the side story here is me and I think a lot of docs out there from everything I read is that burnout's an issue. And I've dealt with burnout. And I can't say I've defeated burnout because it can be a thing that kind of keeps weighing on you and waxes and wanes. So I was doing great. I'm moving forward in lots of different ways. And then all of a sudden, I get really busy. Now I'm not accomplishing my goals. I don't feel so good about that. And then the stress of this really busy period starts weighing on me. And I was like, oh my goodness, now I don't feel good about making progress. The burnout's hitting again. And so then we had to refocus and see that all of these things are kind of symbiotic and I got to keep them all moving forward. And it was really a period where the burnout was really bad. And I was wondering, like, can I keep going? When am I going to have to retire? And what's going to happen if I can't keep going, we all know those docs who are cruising along. Nobody knew that they were having trouble and all of a sudden they're done. And so that was kind of the re-motivation to get back in and get the podcast going for me. But also as I look around, I see other docs. I'm like, other docs need this too, because I'm not alone in this. Other people need to know about how financial freedom feels. And it's an amazing thing to know you're not stuck in a career anymore. And it's a scary thing to be on the other side. So that scary part, my favorite term, the golden handcuffs, because that's really what it feels like. You see all this money coming into your bank account, but you can't walk away from it and you feel trapped there. So that's what we're doing here with the financial freedom and why the podcast is here to get rid of the golden handcuffs and start making work optional. The next thing I'd like to talk about is why you haven't heard about this, because everybody's heard about commercial real estate. Everybody knows it's out there, but not a lot of people are doing it. 
it's just because of the way the financial industry is that there's a lot of people out there working who are brokers and wealth managers. You see them all over the place. And the education for wealth management for the vast majority has nothing to do with anything but stocks and bonds. There's standard stuff that you're going to find in your 401k and they don't know about it. And the reason for that is it's more difficult to be a way for them to get paid. The stock market works simply. It's very liquid. They can buy and sell and every transaction they get paid or you have an account and they're a fiduciary. And based upon how much money you make out of that account, they get a percentage of it. With commercial real estate, there's not a great way sometimes for somebody who's a money manager to get paid. And I'm not knocking them as being greedy because they got families to feed too. So they have to take care of themselves. But I didn't find that to be a good symbiotic relationship. And when I asked them about it, they'd be like, oh, that's risky. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Or here's your standard 60% stock, 40% bonds. If you want bigger growth, you invest in growth stocks. If you want income, you invest in dividend paying stocks. But nobody ever mentioned anything else. And then everybody around me, and I still hear this today, when you talk about returns on commercial real estate, which can be a streaming income that's set at a base where the investor, if you're a passive investor, you're getting the first 10% of all the money that comes out after your baseline expenses before the operators make any money. And that's better than most of the time you'll ever do in the stock market as your total. But then when those properties go full cycle and sell, and we'll talk later about how the syndication model works, you make even more. And so when a deal tends to double your money every three years or more, or give you annual returns that are 15 or 20%, that's unheard of in the stock market. And people get all nervous. The number of docs, I'm like, hey, they're like, yeah, I want to invest in uh, commercial real estate. I'm like, sweet. We got this strip mall deal going. And I show them the whole thing. And they're like, so this is going to make me 20% annualized return. Go, yeah. I expect like, this is good. This is good. And they go, is this legal? Because it's so different. It's so different than anything they've ever heard of before. It seems like it must be wrong. And so there's another one of those mental hurdles to get over of why people don't get into it. And I find this with docs, I found it with me, is there were like a series of mental hurdles. Like I'd get going, then there's a mental hurdle and I'm blocked by it because it just doesn't make any sense or it's so different from everything else. And you get over that hurdle, like, okay, I'm ready to go. You go cruising for it, boom, you hit another hurdle and you keep crawling over these. And it was just by this perpetual process of grinding for it that I finally got to where I started seeing the money come in. And then I was convinced, but it wasn't easy. So let's wrap this up a quick recap. So Surgeon Syndicate, Syndicate again is a group of individuals with a common interest, that group or a group of doctors, a common interest is financial freedom. Why commercial real estate? Because commercial real estate, specifically non-residential real estate, is the most powerful way because of the different ways 
that deals can be structured. And because there's a multitude of deals and the tax advantages, I truly believe this is the best way to build enduring wealth. And enduring wealth means financial freedom. Financial freedom means losing the golden handcuffs. Why the podcast? The podcast, because when I found this, it changed my life. And so I'm bringing it to other doctors. And we all benefit from this because I'm meeting people who are coming on the show and we're having conversations that I still learn from. And I'm going to make money and more money and develop financial freedom from the stuff that I learned from these people on the show. Some of them are people I'm meeting for the first time. Some are people I've known for a while that I want to share with the world. Every time I have a conversation with them, I learn something new and amazing. And as I learn, I'm sharing it with you and hopefully getting you to the point that you're now not feeling stressed by your job. You're becoming financially free and becoming work optional. As you start down this road, you will hear a lot of different things from friends and family. Some people will say, it's amazing. It's awesome. Tell me about it. Other people will go, oh, are you sure you should do that? It's really risky. And most of them are afraid to join you on that road because they live in a fear-based world. You're going to have your own mental hurdles to get over. And I just encourage you to keep going, keep learning until you're ready to go. There's lots of different ways to invest in commercial real estate. If you're a hands-on person, you can buy your own properties, you can manage them. There's a learning curve. You can find partners to help you manage them. There's lots of people out there who do that professionally. If you don't want to do that, you can invest passively. And that's what a syndicate is. I know the word, it sounds because you hear about syndicate, it was a word used in mafia movies, but it is a common business word now. And a syndication is basically where a group of people get together to buy a cash-producing commercial property, to buy it together, manage it, and make money together. The typical structure is you have your general partners and your limited partners. The general partner is the person who puts the deal together, who manages the deal and does all the work, and they make some money for their work, and they're the one who makes the whole show go. The limited partner is the passive investor. You put your money in the deal, and you get checks back and make money. So I began as an active investor in my own small properties. And then when things started really moving forward is when I started investing as a passive investor in bigger deals. And through those, I learned a lot and have now transitioned where I do both. I'm a passive investor and I'm doing my own active deals and also helping bring people together so that other people can be passive investors in deals that I find that are good deals and I can share the benefits of what I've learned and there'll be a lot of discussions through the different interviews and different shows on how to vet the people you're investing with so that you know and trust that you're putting your money in a good place because you don't have to look far to find stories that are these scary stories about people losing money in real estate. If you dig in and you do a little bit of work and you meet some people, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to build financial freedom. So thanks for joining us. It's been a great show. Hope to see you soon. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional. 
and you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better, so I wanted to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. Schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.